2: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. I was on the golf simulator there, and uh, I usually play the par 3 seventh at Pebble Beach. And people said, well, you're not really putting any stakes up. And I said, all right, if I make a hole-in-one, then I fire my cameraman. Uh, Weeks is his name. And so, you know, we started a contest, that daily contest. If I make a hole-in-one, then I fire my cameraman. And uh, I've come close. And then I was thinking, you know, John Rahm just became the number one golfer in the world. Maybe the next time he goes on tour and plays an event, if he goes to a par three, gets a hole-in-one, then I fire Weeks. So maybe I could get John involved in this contest. And uh, we'll talk to John Rahm, the uh, number one golfer in the world, who will join us here in a moment. All right. You can dial us up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP show. Uh, McLovin, the poll question as we go into the final hour, and then we'll talk to John. Will
5: you miss the NFL preseason? 70% say no.
2: All right. Uh, More of your phone calls coming up. He uh, had the win at Jack's Place, now the number one golfer in the world at the ripe old age of 25. He's John Rahm, who joins us on the program. John, congratulations. Do you get anything for being the number one golfer in the world?
6: Uh, Thank you, Mr. Patrick. Big fan of the show, by the way. Uh, Do I get anything? Yeah. Yeah. well, it's uh, it's mission accomplished. That, that's I think what you get. Nah, there's no, no trophy, no nothing for getting there. There's, like uh, like
2: a chain that has a big number one on it. You don't get that with diamonds on it.
6: <laughs> it's uh, I mean I would be the first golfer to have a diamond chain, so maybe, but I think I'd have to do it myself.
2: You could pass it on to the next guy. Let's say if you weren't the number one player, <laughs> then you could like, just pass it around. Like there should be some kind of significance there of just being the number one player.
6: Business cards? Uh, I, I think I think just the recognition of being there and seeing your name at the top of the ranking is enough for all of us. But I think you're on to something. I don't know if the chain is quite the thing we need, but I think <laughs> I think you're on to something.
2: If I told you a decade ago, you're going to be the number one golfer in the world, what would you have said?
6: So, when I was 15? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what I would have said, but I would have told you, if not, I was going to try. Uh, I made that deal with myself at it's close to that age, 13, 14, that I was going to set myself to be the best player in the world. And uh, yeah, that was about 10, 11 years ago. So it's it's amazing that it's paid off. When
2: did you know that you could be great?
6: I wouldn't say there's been one moment. Uh, I've always been very confident in my abilities, but there's been different stages throughout my career that just make me believe more and more that I had the chance to get there. Right. Uh, when I was 15, I won the Spanish under 21 championship by six shots. And that was one of the points where, well, I'm a little bit ahead of my age and a couple other things in Spain. Then I won the the Eisenhower trophy, the world championship, breaking Jack Nicklaus's record. I was like, well, this is, you know, now world level, uh, I got to number one amateur in the world. And then the last one was when I was an amateur in college, a junior in college, I finished fifth in the Phoenix open. And that was the last straw to. For me to tell me okay you definitely have the talent you just need to work very hard and believe that you can get there and hopefully someday someday you do
2: what impact did tiger have on you growing up
6: big uh, well i mean I, I grew up in that tiger era right so uh, I, I saw him win everything and every event and uh, and the fashion he did it in. So he was a huge influence, I believe, for not only me, but a generation close to my age. I mean, you have Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, me, Xander Shuffley, all of us are within a year apart, and even Bryson DeShambo and, and we're all playing really good golf nowadays. So I think he started something, uh, and, you know, all these 90s kids are now playing really good golf. I think he influenced a lot of us, but in my case, I was a little bit more influenced by Seve. And, and what he did in Europe. And as a Spanish player, he's, he's kind of my idol. So uh still try to take and pick things from everybody, obviously.
2: Uh, most players your age talk about that first time they played with Tiger. What was that like?
6: <laughs> well, the first time I played with Tiger was the singles on Sunday at the Ryder Cup. <laughs> so it's not going to get much bigger than that. <laughs> uh, and I truly couldn't enjoy it because... It's not like it's an individual event and I'm focused on my own thing. It's it's a head-to-head matchup. I have to beat Tiger. Both of us were uh, winning less at that point in the Ryder Cup. Uh, I think he, I was 0-1-2. He was 0-3. So we both really needed a win. And yeah, I wasn't playing my best golf. I, I couldn't quite enjoy watching Tiger play as much as I could just because I truly just try not to look and think about Tiger Woods in front of me, right? I just had to win my match, but uh, when I won in 17, making birdie in 17, it's, uh, it's up to one of the best moments of my life.
2: Explain to me this Bryson DeChambeau thing, that you just swing as hard as you possibly can, John. Now, is that going to catch on? <clears throat> I saw where Tony Finau said, hey, I just thought, why not try to swing harder here?
6: Well, I've, I spent quite a bit of time with Tony, and he's got that speed. I just don't think he he thinks he could have it under control. But I think Bryson is showing him that, that you could, uh, no, I'm gonna say, I think a lot of us swing as hard as we can. We just don't have that type of speed. Um, <laughs> but I think he's, he's onto something, right? I mean, if, if you can have the advantage to, to hit it farther than anybody else and still be accurate, obviously you're going to do it right. I mean, if you can. If as a running back, you can run faster than anybody else. You're not going to hold back. You're just going to go. Right. So even yeah. any other sport, you can take, get a leg up on the competition. You're going to do it. And it's very similar to Tiger. When he came out in 97, he, he was hitting in miles past everybody and dominated the game of golf. Uh, it's tough to do it nowadays, but I mean, he's been playing really, really good golf. I know he didn't play his best last week, but, He's arguably the best player post uh, COVID, so it's it's impressive.
2: Yeah, but he's hitting it four hundred and thirty and forty yards, John.
6: <laughs> I... Yeah, downhill, downwind. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> but nobody else is hitting it four hundred and forty yards downhill, downwind.
6: That's that is true. Yeah, he he. I mean, when he won, he averaged three hundred and fifty yards, which is unheard of. But crazy again, it, golf is just more than hitting it far. Uh, and I think this past week Jack proved it. Right, you can make golf courses so difficult or set them up in a way where it neutralizes distance. It's it's as simple as that. I think some of the tournaments he played before, they weren't as penalizing. If you missed it up a tee, and he could take advantage of those things. Uh, not at Jack's place, and not last week, and most likely not a major championship golf, but. Who knows? I mean, he, he's onto something and, and what he's done is impressive. He's work. He's been working on this for eight, nine months. People have only heard about it through the pandemic and he's been working at it hard and, and to have it under control, like he does, it's really impressive. It's, it's truly a feat of athleticism and technique that not many of us thought was, you know, was possible, but he's taking the game of golf to a next level. Uh, now I do believe maybe at some point the. The government bodies in golf might do some changes to the equipment just so we don't see people just hitting it 400 yards and flipping wedges onto the green. I think they're going
2: to change the ball, though, John. I could see where Augusta goes. If you're playing the Masters, you're going to play a golf ball that is, by our standards, you want to put Nike or you want to put TaylorMade or whatever you want to put on a Callaway on there because you run out of real estate. And I would hate to see Augusta, you know, tighten the fairways, make it a premium of putting it in play there, but still make it a shot maker's course there. What do you think?
6: I'm surprised they haven't done that already. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Jack has been talking about it for a while. I think Tigers mentioned it as well. And when you have the two greatest legends in this game mention it, I'm surprised. The ups, I'm sure they've listened. And I believe if Bryson comes in this November, and overpowers the golf course, they'll definitely take measures. Um, I also believe, you know, the last few years, the greens at Augusta could have been a little bit firmer, uh, in the mid two thousands, they played really, really firm and the winning score was never low. So they might go on that route again. Who knows what they can do? I mean, they're the only golf course that actually have control over how it's played, so I don't know, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the future holds. All I, all I know is. Even if they dial back the drivers and the golf balls, Bryson still has that speed. So, if he can somehow manage to keep it under control, he's still going to have that advantage. So, who knows what's going to happen?
2: He's the number one golfer in the world. He's uh, John Rahm joining us on the program. We were going around the room before the show started of how many hole in ones you've had in your career. Now, this is practice in tournaments here. Uh, Fritzy, how many do you have for John? How many tournaments he's won? Hole in ones. Oh, hole in
7: one! I'm going to say he has
2: two hole in ones. Two holes in one. McLevin nine. All right, Seton? twelve. Paulie seven. I'm going to do six. John first Rose. guess
6: was the closest. The first guess is two. Is the closest. Uh, I've had three.
2: Three hole in ones.
6: Mm-hmm. Well
2: done, Fritzy. Wasn't even listening to the question. <laughs> well done, there, Todd. I just missed a well done. one. Well done. Uh favorite sport other than uh in the United States, so I know you love your soccer, but uh favorite yeah. sport other than golf and soccer?
6: Ooh, I love watching any playoffs, but recently I've got on the fight game. Uh I do really love the UFC.
2: Really? How would you do mm-hmm. if I put you in the octagon with Bryson DeChambeau?
6: <laughs> with Bryson? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he would probably figure out a scientific way to <laughs> knock me out pretty quick. Okay, how about Kepka? I'm not a fighter. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I really have no idea how any of us would measure. I think, I, I, I can't tell you. I might have a chance with anybody out there, but I have no idea.
2: When's the last time you were in a fight?
6: Last time I was in a fight? Yeah. God. Like fist fight? Yeah. Oh, it must have been... I got to think of the grades in in Spanish now. I mean, for sure, before high school, uh, I would say maybe elementary school. That might be the last time.
2: (laughs) How did it work out?
6: I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it was a very long fight.
2: uh, When did you start learning English when you were living in in Spain? Is it taught in in school?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taught in school from first to 12th grade, but... The English education system in Spain is not the best. I would say, uh, pretty much, I think starting on fifth or sixth grade, every single year you go to the first day of class and it's the exact same thing, oh. present simple, next year, present simple, next year, present simple. So, uh, I had to go to extra curricular English classes, like an English academy to get a little bit better. And even that wasn't enough to prepare me for the U S. So, uh, I've been, I've been obviously trying to get better in English, knowing that, that it's important for golf for, for quite a while.
2: But did you learn English by listening to music?
6: (laughs) I didn't learn grammar listening to music, but uh, (laughs) I learned, and I'm assuming you're referring to hip hop, uh, (laughs) I learned how to pronounce words and process things a little bit faster, right? Being able to memorize all these fast words, it just helped me out a lot to be able to continue my train of thought and be able to pronounce and keep up with the conversation. So Eminem played a little bit of a role in you. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Eminem and Kendrick Lamar it too I probably listen to most.
2: That's good. Hey, congrats there, John. And uh, well done, certainly with uh, the way it ended there. that When you were interviewed after that final round and you learned that they were going to probably have a two-stroke penalty on you, like your reaction, just to see it where you're like, what? Like nobody told you in the moment that they're – and shouldn't they rule in the moment, though, John, if they see something happen, then they rule it there? Because you could have played the the rest of the those, those holes differently if it was a little bit closer due to that two-stroke penalty.
6: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, had they known they were going to give me a two-stroke penalty, they should have notified me and Ryan as soon as they knew they were going to do it. Because uh, when I came into scoring, there's no argument I can make to, to get rid of it, right? It's, it's too late. It doesn't matter whether you give it to me or not, the outcome is, is done. So I think for the benefit of golf, they could have just told us earlier, just so, uh, you know, I already have it. And I think it would have been a two stroke lead going into the last two holes. I think it would have played a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, I think you could tell Ryan, uh, was a little deflated after that chip in and, and forced us to make up into holes. Right? So, it's difficult in the rules of golf because it also says, uh, you know, the penalty should be visible to the naked eye, not with an HD camera. There's been situations in golf uh, like that before in the past and and it's complicated, but, uh, after seeing the video, yeah, it is a penalty. So I wish they would have addressed it uh, a little bit different. And even so if if they're going to decide to tell me after the round, maybe not have it be in a live interview <laughs> on national TV. Uh, especially after I just talked about how hard my family went through, oh. a lot of a time my family went through and all these things. And then they told me, well, go sign your car. You're getting a two-stroke penalty. Bye. It's, it's maybe have the rules tell me before I do my interviews so I can go in with a clearer mind instead of just getting shocked at the moment. Right. But, uh, again, I th- they're going to do what they think is best. It's a comf- it's an uncomfortable awkward situation to go through.
2: Yeah, that was it. It was painful to watch because you're finding that out in real time. And then you mentioned that you've lost some people in your family due to mm-hmm. complications with COVID. I mean, that it was a powerful interview, and it was, but it was live. So we're seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when you get together with a press conference, you know, you got time to collect yourself. That was right off the course. You just say goodbye to Jack Nicholas, You're walking over and mm-hmm. boom. And that was a real moment. That was a real moment. That tough yeah, to watch.
6: It, well, it, it is what it is, though. It's, uh, the rules for golf are very clear. And uh, it, it's, it's what it is. Uh, yeah, but
2: even talking about your family, though, and how important oh, that yeah. was. I mean, that, that's raw emotion there, too, that you lost two people in your life close to you. And, you know...
6: True, true, and and for people listening, they didn't die because of COVID, but being they're both both older and being basically quarantined, closed down in nursing homes, not being able to see anybody, barely able to talk on the phone, it's it's ta- it's taxing mentally. It takes it takes a toll on you mentally, and you know it makes me glad to know that my grandma so my mom's mom the one that spent the most amount of me besides my parents growing up and taught me so many things i have so many good memories with her was able to see me and my wife get married in spain she was also able to see her first great grandchild be born because my brother had his first daughter uh three four weeks ago um so at the same time we have a lot of things to be happy about so um but still, you know, it shows that the virus is affecting all of us, I think, in more than just one way. It can only, it, it can affect you more than just basically, right? Uh, the situation is tough for a lot of people, a lot of people struggling. So just be mindful that whatever I accomplished the other day, winning a tournament, being number one in the world is secondary to all of those things. Uh, and that's the point I was trying to make across. So, yeah, I put my heart out and to get the news of, of the penalty was maybe not the best timing, but still, uh. With penalty, no penalty, I still mean every word I said, and my family is still the most important thing to me. So, again, like I said, at that point, a penalty is secondary.
2: Well said, John. And uh, congratulations. Hope to have you back, and uh, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you very much. That's uh, John Rahm, new number one player in the world. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. It's 18 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Simply safe home security says it all right there in the name. Got everything you need. Protect your home. None of the drawbacks of traditional home security. You know, when people say, do you, you know, when you talk about these sponsors, do you really love these sponsors? And Simply safe has been with us for, I think, a decade. And when they came in and said, this is what we do. And I said, well, what what kind of contract? And there's no contract. Well, what's it cost? It starts about $15 a month. I said, wait, no contracts, $15 a month. I install it? Yeah, 24-7. Uh, U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. You want anything specially designed for home security? They have that for you. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send the police, fire, medical professions, professionals just in case there's an emergency. It's great. Can't say enough about Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedan.com. You get free shipping, 60 day risk free trial. So there's nothing to lose except for everything you have in your home. That's simplysafedan.com. Fewer calories, fewer carbs,
4: than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: We just finished up our pizza contest here. Trying to explain the contest to Fritzy. I feel I, a little embarrassed. I know.
7: but More than a little embarrassed.
2: But I, I just, you didn't understand the concept of we had four different pizzas, right? And there were five of us. So I said there'll be a pizza here, and then everybody takes a slice. So you're going to get five different people with four pizzas.
7: Yeah, I guess initially I saw like four plates, and then I was like, I was obsessing about the four plates. I was like, there's five of us, why is there only four plates? But looking back on it, I think I, as I always do, I over... Uh, Thought and was I needed uh, some clarification there. But they, I didn't realize that each of the different slices were going to be on each of the four. Pla- I don't know. What, I'm still, I think, still struggling with it.
2: I know you are. <laughs> I know. And I said, Todd, how did you graduate I don't know. second in a class of 600? You
7: memorize a bunch of stuff and spit out the answers and write long essays and papers, and the, the, the teachers love that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to explain that. And uh, the, uh, the pizzeria that ended up winning was... Sally's? Sally's of New Haven. Sally's of New Haven. There's a bunch of them in a, you know
3: eight-block radius, basically.
2: You can't go wrong. Uh, so it could have gone either way with a few of those. But uh, Sally's is your uh, your overall winner, the uh, pizza contest. Yes, Paul.
3: And when I lived in New York City a zillion years ago, I lived on uh, Spring Street in Nolita, north of Little Italy. And there's a place called Lombardi's Pizza. It's pretty legendary-ish in New York. And I lived on the fourth floor above a full-time pizzeria. Mm. And my apartment smelled like bread and garlic all the time, which is a good thing.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. It's a great thing. There's nothing better than walking into a kitchen and smelling garlic.
3: Yeah. It was basically my... The entire building smelled like
2: bread and garlic. Paulie just sent me a video of... This is from Chris Mannix. He snuck this video out of the bubble and... It Okay, they, they've dressed up the court. A lot of signage and um, some special effects in there. You don't see empty seats. You would think that you're in, a, in an arena. You, know, you don't see the fans, but it's dark behind uh, the baskets. And yeah, that looks very presentable. And, and I was told by a TV exec who's involved in this, who wouldn't give me all the details, But uh, said, you know, they're going to have fun with graphics here and maybe some sound. But um, that looks that looks good. It doesn't look like it's an open gym where, you know, summer camps and they've had time to think about this. I think they've done a really good job. So uh, my thanks to Chris Mannix, who uh, sent that to us. That looks good. Looks presentable. I guess Mannix is out of quarantine. There are people on the court. Thank God he got out of quarantine. Uh, that was good. It was fun to uh, talk to John Rahm. Uh, that, that, that he's a uh, obviously a very talented player. And, uh, you know, when you think of golfers from Spain, you think of Sebi. Uh, but John Rahm is, uh, you know, that group there that you have these guys are 24, 25, 26. And if they continue to sort of move along in their careers with Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Rory and John Rahm and, Xander Schauffele, you know, you got a nice little future there. You just want to have, like, Bryson DeChambeau is good for the tour because he's different. And, you know, he he has a problem, you know, with uh, the cameraman watching him if he screws up and his caddy, you know, gets in front of the cameraman, puts his hand up. He's recognizable by the size, the uh, hat that he wears, the drives that he hits, Um, you know, and he's kind of a... Uh, rocket science when it comes to the golf swing here. You need to have that guy that you say, I'm tuning in either I'm rooting for him or rooting against him. You, you need rivalries like that. Because for the most part, these guys are all friends. They live in the same area. A lot of them live in uh, Jupiter, Florida. You want to have that friction there. Something that you go, okay. Because I tuned in. I wanted to see if you know Tiger got to play with uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, you know, Kepka is not afraid to uh, kind of uh, tweak people. That's what you need, a little bit of a little bit of tension that's out there, other than they all get along with one another. All right. Uh, let me see. Anything else that uh, we did not mention here?
3: You know, one thing about Ron that stood out is you asked him a question. If I told you 10 years ago you'd be number one golfer in the world, yeah. and he casually said, well, it was two years earlier than that. I was actually 13 <laughs> when I said that's what I want to do. He was very nonchalant about it. It wasn't cocky. But it's it's like guys who become, or men and women who become number one in the world at whatever their sport is, that was kind of what they were thinking about. It doesn't, uh, they don't luck into it.
2: Yeah, when he started to do the math of, wait, 10 years ago, so I was 15. No, it was actually when I was like uh, 12 or 13. And then you realize, but Tiger has been, was programmed, who knows at what age, that he was going to be the best player in the world. And he did. You know, he hurt his back in the second round, almost missed the cut, and then he came back and he was respectable over the weekend. But that's a course that is as tough as any course they'll play this year. Because, and then CBS had Jack Nicholas on and he was saying what he was going to do to the holes for the next year. He was already going to make changes like, uh, that bunker doesn't work anymore. They're hitting it past it. Uh, you know, maybe I uh, put a creek in here and, you know, just the risk and the reward with that. But that's what you have to do. It's not lengthening the golf course because that just takes away another third of the field. It's making it difficult to make shots. Because these guys now, with the golf ball and these clubs, that's why Bryson DeChambeau is swinging as hard as he can. Forgiveness and what's the real penalty here? Unless you penalize them dearly, then they're going to continue to do it. Phil Mickelson was trying to do this years ago. I remember asking him, I said, why wouldn't you put it in the fairway? And he goes, I'd rather have an 8-iron in my hands and you have a 6-iron in your hands. And even if you're in the fairway, I feel like I have an advantage. Like, that's his thought process. And Tiger did the same thing. Tiger was taking down golf courses because they were lengthening them instead of tightening them. Uh, Chris Jones said Patrick Mahomes told him that he left money on the table so he could get signed. Tom Brady-like. Although I don't know if Brady ever told a teammate, hey, I'm going to leave some money on the table for you because uh, Chris Jones on Monday uh, talked about the four-year $85 million extension. And if you start to look at the, the core group, and, and the Chiefs are talking about a dynasty, and you could look at this two different ways. Like, easy here, guys. You just won one. My thought is, why wouldn't you think bigger picture, long-term? If I have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey locked up, Chris Jones is locked up. Patrick Mahomes is locked up. I'm sure they've got a couple other players that are locked up, at least for till 2021 or 2022. What is a dynasty now? If they would win three out of four years, that's a dynasty in today's NFL, in today's sports. But why not think big picture? And I have no problem with uh, any of those players thinking that. Patrick Mahomes You know, he wants to be compared to the greats of all time. You don't want to be the best player in the sport at age 23 with a 10-year, $500 million deal and only have one Super Bowl to show for it. Because we look back at Brett Favre, we'll look back on Aaron Rodgers, and you'll go, they got two Super Bowls out of a span of 30 years? And that's all they got, maybe more than that and they got two Super Bowls, having two of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. And people would look at that as a disappointment. Kansas City, and look, is Kansas City, uh, would you pencil them in? Are they better than Baltimore going into this season? I have no idea. I think Baltimore did really well in the draft, but I like what Kansas City did at the running back position. I'd probably favor Baltimore over Kansas City. And I don't know if there's an NFC component here where you go, boy, that team is going to you know, provide... And it's all about matchups there. I mean, that's what happened with Tennessee. Tennessee was a matchup nightmare for teams. Kansas City normally is that, but so is Baltimore. Yeah, McLevin.
5: I mean, most of the great quarterbacks have really only won one or so. Payton won two, but does the second one really count? I mean, didn't do anything for that. And Breeze won one, uh, you know...
0: Yeah, L.A. But won
5: two, but he was late in his career. Marino didn't win.
2: Yeah. But I, I think if you're going to be the greatest of all time, then we look at, do you have multiple Super Bowls? If, if I said Patrick Mahomes doesn't win another Super Bowl, we're going to look at that as a disappointment. We just are. I mean, Breeze, we thought, we didn't know how great Breeze was. Let's face it, when he was with the Chargers... Uh, He failed his his physical with the Dolphins. Then he ends up with the Saints. You're not quite sure what you have. And then you realize what you have. And yes, should he have another? Probably. And Saints fans will make the argument they should have at least gotten to the Super Bowl another time. I think that's it. You want Super Bowl appearances. How many times are you getting there? I mean, Russell Wilson is an inch away from having two Super Bowls. And he would have had two before the age of 28. I don't know. I don't think Russell Wilson wins another Super Bowl. Because that was the perfect storm. His rookie deal. And you were able to keep that entire legion of boom together. And, and that's the magic with this. Kansas City was able to do that with Patrick Mahomes. Now he gets paid. Dak Prescott, now he gets paid. Carson Wentz, now he gets paid. That's where Cleveland looks at this and goes, we've got to get this done in either this year or next year. Because then you're going to either get rid of Baker Mayfield or you sign him to a big extension there. That's, that's the issue. All of these young quarterbacks, you're now on the clock in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow for the next couple of years. Arizona with Kyler Murray. Daniel Jones with the Giants. You can go down the list here. That's why when the Dolphins take Tua, once he starts, now all of a sudden, you're on the clock for the next four years to try to win a championship. Justin Herbert with the Chargers. When does he get a chance to play? Then you're on the clock. The Rams were already on the clock with Jared Goff, and now he got paid. That's what the NFL is. Yeah, Paul.
3: And if you look at the Hall of Fame, Russell Wilson's going to the Hall of Fame no matter what he really does the rest of his career, mostly because I mean he's consistent. They made the playoffs every year but one. But imagine if Russell Wilson had zero and Matt Ryan had one. Matt Ryan's going to the Hall of Fame. It wouldn't even be much of a discussion if he had the one.
2: Well, I think he's going to the Hall of Fame anyway. Matt,
3: Matt Ryan? Yeah. But it would you, you would never even pursue the discussion if he had that one ring over the Patriots. No. It'd, it'd be automatic stamp.
2: Yeah, because he was a league MVP. Now, I don't know if Cam Newton is a Hall of Famer because he was an MVP and he went to the Super Bowl, but they got blown out. If he won the Super Bowl with his stats... Cam Newton's probably a Hall of Famer. I mean, rushing touchdowns alone. He's going to have more than, you know, some marquee running backs. Yeah, McLevin.
5: He's only 31. I mean, he's got a lot of... Yeah, no. Feels like he's he has a lot of... He could get to the Hall of Fame.
2: Well, maybe he has a career that's similar to Kurt Warner's where you start out great, then he disappeared, and then you come back and have this resurgence there. Because that's, you know, Kurt was with the Giants. He was there before Eli. In fact, they kicked him to the curb for Eli. Even though he was probably a better quarterback at the time. And then he goes to Arizona. And the reason why he's in the Hall of Fame is because what he did in Arizona, taking that team to the Super Bowl. And within a couple of seconds of winning another Super Bowl. Winning a Super Bowl for Arizona. Yeah, McClellan.
5: What if I told you two years in that Dan Marino would never win a
2: Super Bowl? I would have been shocked.
5: So maybe Mahomes is Dan that, Marino.
2: That would be like, yeah. you know, Patrick Mahomes, you said he's not going to get back to the Super Bowl again. I'd be shocked. But Marino, those teams, you, know, you had Marino and you, Duper and Clayton and Nat Moore, you know, they they threw the deep ball. Uh, I just don't know if they they had great defenses, the killer bees. Yeah, Paul. I,
3: I got to check my math here. I don't think Dan Marino ever appeared in the AFC title game after 84 when he went to the Super Bowl. I got to double check that, but it, he, he never had more than one playoff victory in a playoffs. He was always 1-1, one and 1-1, one, one and, one and, one and one
2: Only 20 quarterbacks all time have multiple Super Bowl starts. So just starts. Getting there. And coming back is obviously very difficult. It's just we look at the Patriots and what Brady has done is such an aberration. You know, Montana got there four times and would have gotten there more if he had stayed. You know, they didn't uh, trade him to Kansas City. Yeah, McLevin.
5: What if Nick Foles takes the Bears to the promised land? He's not
2: going to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Or he's not going to the Hall of Fame. And he's not going to the Super Bowl either.
5: Is he starting, by the way? That was a big headline. Well, Nick Flo with no preseason, can Nick Foles get that job?
2: I would I would start him because yeah. I want I want to take some pressure off Mitchell Trubisky. You know, I just want him to watch a a professional. I you know, just let me watch Foles and how he plays, and how he handles himself, and maybe I can learn something that'll help me. But, you know, the Bears have already moved on from him, basically. If you bring in Foles and you're not going to pick up his fifth year option. So I think it might help him for the next contract. And maybe, and you see this with these quarterbacks Baker Mayfield, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, they may be Ryan Tannehill. They may be that guy who loses his job, goes and is a backup somewhere, and then eventually gets to start again. Yeah, McLeod.
5: Uh, NFL Network showed the Jaguars playoff run yesterday. Remember when they got to the a- AFC title game? I would not have believed watching that Blake Bortles that he was going to no, be out of the league. I don't think he's back on the Rams.
2: He's the backup on the Rams, though. I think isn't he's it? gone. I, uh, Is he
5: out of football? I think he's a free agent right now. I'll double check. But I don't think anyone signed him yet. I think he's waiting until camp. But how would we have known that team wasn't going to do anything? They were They were as young as they had all stars yeah. at every position. Yeah.
2: They they had a, a pretty good formula. He had a good defense. Uh, and Bortles, didn't Bortles lead the AFC in touchdown passes? Didn't he throw like 33 touchdowns? I I don't know if he threw 33 touchdowns combined after that, did he? <laughs> yeah, Paul.
3: Uh, I checked my math. Dan Marino did appear in the uh, 92-93 season AFC title game. They lost to the Bills 29-10, to and Marino had uh, two picks. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We'll close up shop after this here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for
4: add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Terms and conditions apply.
2: The popular Portland guard, Damian Lillard, on the program tomorrow. Getting closer to hearing the words, play baseball. Play ball! I'm excited about it. Dodgers-Giants Thursday night. Yankees against uh, the Nationals. That's coming up Thursday night. I'm ready to go. I don't care if there's fans in the stands, cardboard cutouts. It doesn't matter to me. Let's just get some baseball out there. This Day in Sports History, Paulie, what do you have for me?
3: And It's a little slow on This Day in Sports History. Let me check it because it's a little slow, but I have a This Day in Movie History. Okay. This Day Movie History, uh, Midnight Run was released 32 years ago today with uh, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. A very popular movie with the bros. Sneaky, great buddy movie. I have some back story on that. It was originally at Paramount, and they did not want Robert De Niro, nor did they want Charles Grodin. The director did. Um, De Niro had been trying to be, do a comedy. He really wanted to do a comedy after being a tough guy for so long. He lost out to Tom Hanks for big. De Niro wanted to do big. No,
2: no, he couldn't have done big. I
3: know. He wanted to. Yeah. So he told his agent, get me a comedy. And they searched out a comedy and he found this movie, um, Midnight Run. Charles Grodin, nobody at Paramount wanted Charles Grodin. They dumped the entire project. They wanted Robin Williams to play the Charles Grodin role. They wanted Cher to play the Charles Grodin role at one point. Mm. They dumped the movie over to Universal and Universal said, we love De Niro and Grodin. And the movie got made.
2: It It works. It does. That's good. <laughs> Charles Grodin is wonderful in that movie, Midnight Run. That I, what, What's the first Buddy movie, like in, in modern times? Butch and Sundance? Buddy movie. Yeah. Uh, 48 Hours with Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy. That was a little bit later.
5: Cop, okay. Cop-turned Buddy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yes, Todd. Can
7: hey, you call Stir Crazy a Buddy movie with Richard Pryor and Gene yeah, Wilder sharing yeah. cell? That was pretty
2: interesting. Yeah. Buddy movie. Um, trying to think, what else comes? Yeah, McLuhan.
5: Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I mean, like, you mean like classic, like guys who start off as enemies and become buddies. Or no,
4: I,
2: I, I th- you know, like road trips. Maybe
5: I like uh, Paulie's Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. That's yeah. kind of the ultimate good-looking buddy. <laughs> movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. That's tomorrow's Paul. Handsomer, cooler guy, Paul
2: Newman or Robert. Didn't Redford. we have that before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. and Newman, I s- right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we love Redford, but yeah. I mean, but Paul Newman, there, there was a little bit. It felt like there was a little bit more to his character.
3: But the '60s and '70s, Redford's hair was uh, oh yeah, in,
2: unimpeachable. Oh yeah, one of the greats, one of the greats of all time. Uh, Rob in Florida joins us on the program. Hi, Rob. What do you have for me? Hey, Rob.
6: One, two
2: and a half billion. Okay. I think we got a bad connection there, Rob. Try again. Try again. Got a couple minutes here, and maybe Marvin can uh, squeeze you in. I saw Bob Nightingale, who covers baseball for USA Today. He has, wow, he's got the Dodgers winning the World Series, and he has the Dodgers beating the Oakland Athletics. The A's in the World Series. Yes. Thank you, Todd. Welcome. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's got his AL MVP as Matt Chapman of the Athletics. Mookie Betts for the National League. But he's got the A's against the Dodgers in the World Series. Okay. Are you rooting for the Astros to make it to the World Series just because of the storylines it's going to bring about? Yeah, Paul.
3: Didn't the Astros get the biggest hall pass of all this? They don't have to play before a road crowd until next March, April.
2: I know, but I'm I'm curious what happens when they're visiting somebody and do these pitchers throw at the hitters. Yeah, they should. A couple. But, I, but I'm 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 wondering if that happens here. Yes, Todd. And
7: does it really prove anything? Because, you know, they're all it's like us against the world. If they went forty seven and thirteen and like, won the World Series, that doesn't change anything at all that happened before. No, so it I makes cheat. you
2: go, why did you cheat in the first place? Well, it, you know, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. If they don't do well. They're like, oh, okay, need a garbage can here. Or if they do well, be like, why would you guys cheat in the first place? Uh, Mike in Florida joins us. Hey, Mike, what do you have for me? <laughs> Marvin! What is going on here? <laughs>
6: I didn't tell him to say that. Or I didn't know that. It...
2: Marvin just came out and took a, a victory lap because he corrected Paulie on a Dan Marino stat. Right. And uh, so Marvin, who's now caught up in being a TV star, can't even, yeah, hide your head in shame. Hide your face in shame. Mar- <laughs> yeah. Now he's got his feet up. He's moved on from screening. A lot of
3: people throwing Tommy Boy around as a good buddy
2: movie. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. David Spade. Spade always has good stories about Tommy Boy.
3: You remember Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, Steve Martin,
2: Steve Martin John and, uh, and John Candy. That's still funny. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, so people are uh, emailing and tweeting in Buddy Movies? Oh, yeah.
3: Dumb and Dumber. <sighs>
2: <laughs> if that's on, I'm watching it. I don't care where it is in the movie. I'm watching it. Sideways. The wine movie. Stein, yeah. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Paul Giamatti. I don't know if they're really buddies. like Because it, Paul be. Giamatti, by the end, did not like his buddy <laughs> at all. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Good buddy movie. <laughs> Nish. <laughs> <laughs> Clarice and whatever. Clarice. Buddy serial killer movies of that genre. Clarice. <laughs> uh, AJ Nebraska. Hey, AJ.
4: Hey, Dan. Six foot, two twenty-five. Uh, Rush Hour with Chris Tucker.
1: Yeah. And uh, Jackie Chan.
2: Yeah, that they they certainly. It feels like that's all Chris Tucker has done is Rush Hour one, two, and three, something like that. But uh, thank you, AJ. I never got into that. Never got into that uh, group of movies. I don't know why. I'm just like eh, okay. But people do say Chris Tucker's great in that. Did you guys see Rush Hour? I've seen the first one. Seton? I think so. Oh. Probably a long if time you, ago, though. If you, if you thought so, then you probably... <laughs> <laughs> well, based on the era that came out, uh, oh. it's very possible I did see it, but I'm fuzzy. And didn't remember. Chris yeah.
5: Tucker and Friday, however, is well, yeah. iconic. It is? Yeah, for like a certain generation, oh, okay. Friday. Uh, yeah, I didn't see When we were teenagers, we're... Friday was the movie. Yeah, I didn't see that. I don't yeah. think I did. Oh, you
3: might want to... Check that out. Huh? Yeah,
2: Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. I've I've seen a cl- I've seen clips of it. Sure thing. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Really? I think Ice Cube told us about writing it. We had him on a bunch of years ago, and he mm. just wrote it like on the side.
2: Hmm. You should check that out. Fridays. Okay. But I'm watching Desperados right now oh right so i don't know if i could pry myself away from that yeah, well once you're done with that and yeah. uh eviction or whatever the yeah. other extraction one was, i'm oh, yeah, done extraction, with extraction that one yeah. todd eviction. <laughs> eviction todd what did you learn today you, uh,
7: led right into it reason number 572 we need sports back you recently watched desperado and extraction started rereading the da vinci code
2: mclevin what'd you learn yeah
5: you also watch that chris hemsworth movie oh yeah extraction
2: oh boy seaton old guard too john rom rules What We Learned brought to you by BuyRaycon.com slash Patrick. Wireless earbuds, the way to go. Get 15% off your Raycon order at BuyRaycon.com slash Patrick. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow. Damian Lillard will join us on the program. Talk to you
4: then.
2: What makes a Mercedes-Benz EV different? Electric is what gets you there. But Mercedes is what moves you. Like no other automaker can. The vehicle, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQ.